Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. We are so happy to be here and to have you listening to the show. Jay, how are you doing? I am doing great, Britain. How are you doing? Fabulous. Doing pretty darn good. Yeah, I know that we have not talked in a moment because, you know, life gets in the way. We have been running around like crazy, doing all the things. Are there any big changes that have happened for you recently that you're maybe excited about? Oh, yeah. Okay, y'all. Personal share a moment. Going to get real with y'all. I am in recovery from alcohol abuse. And (laughs) Jay's clapping. I'm doing my quiet Uh, little claps. I've joined a 12-step program, and I'm doing AA. And it has been fucking phenomenal. I've been sober for 10 days now. And, you know, getting into this, I thought I had everything figured out. I thought I knew myself and turns out I didn't. (laughs) So I've just been moving through the steps. I'm on step one and step two of the program. And I've just been being very gentle with myself in this beginning stage of my recovery. I've been feeling like a newborn baby or like, I feel like a little pony or not a pony, but like a a foal, Mm. a little filly or a colt as they call them. The little wobbly legs. Wobbly legs, (laughs) trying to figure out how to stand up and navigate all this. So that's what's been uh, new with me and learning to surrender and connect with a higher power. You know, like obviously this is a folk magic podcast. Obviously we're both deeply spiritual people. But through the last, I would say like six years, I've been really intensely working with spirit allies. I don't work with the deity specifically. Um, I flirt with them from time to time. And the emphasis within a 12-step program is connecting with and surrendering to your higher power. And that is a piece that has been missing in my spiritual practice and being open to feeling like an unconditional love and unconditional like care and being able to do a trust fall basically Mm -hmm. is what, is what I'm learning to do. And it is very challenging, um, but I'm doing it. I think that is so amazing and I am so here for it. And I'm so excited to see like where this takes you spiritually, because it's all about this connection that is so important, not only when it comes to sobriety, but also to magic, especially folk magic that we are doing. So I think it's just going to be a place where you're just going to thrive and just find all these new connections and just... I I think it's going to be great for you. I think there's such wonderful things there. And let me tell you, there are only three people that I want to hear talk about God, and that is old Southern Black ladies, uh, Nadia Bowles-Weber, and people in AA, because these are the people who really understand that connection uh, to that to that point. And I think it's that's really beautiful that that's something that you're going through now. So congratulations, and you have all Thank of our you. full support. Right. Yeah. And you know, if there's anyone out there who is listening and struggling with sobriety, I do really encourage you to maybe feel into or consider checking out a support network of people. It doesn't have to be 12 step, doesn't have to be AA or NA or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Having a support network is so important because your old life starts to kind of crumble. It's like the tower card and the the tarot. Mm -hmm. It starts to crumble away and you're stepping into something new. And that can be really challenging because like all the people you thought were your friends that you used with, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they fall away. Like I'm not communicating with any of those people anymore. They don't want to talk to me. (laughs) So, you know, having a network of folks who understand the process, people who have been doing it for years and years 
who can guide you. And like, you know, if you got to call somebody or you're, you're in a crisis, you know, you can pick up the phone and just like Mm -hmm. reach out. There's people out there that really give a shit Mm -hmm. and want to see you be well. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. And it's so neat being in these AA spaces, because once you take kind of the intense judgment out of connecting with things like God or a higher power, I I think it just opens up an entire new world. Because when you go to some of these places, you know, no matter what it is that you've done, there's probably someone else in the group has done something way worse. So it's like, so just being able to just be absolutely authentic with all of your shit, and then letting that be okay too is just so i we need more of that in the world honestly yes it's fierce vulnerability mm-hmm. and uh it's been really great to get into groups and to be able to share and discuss mm-hmm. the challenges and all the aspects of recovery yeah. so yeah it's been a beautiful journey thus far and i'm really looking forward to many weeks months and years of sobriety Yes, here is to many weeks, months, and years of sobriety. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So what's new with you? What's going on in your world? How's the book? Uh, the book is good. The book is stressing me out. But uh, so far, it's going really well. I actually learned actually a few minutes ago that uh, we have gone to our second printing of the book, which is good. Uh, and it's gone to its second printing before its actual release date, which is kind of a big deal. Um, so that's, that's something I'm really excited about. Um, and I have just been on my own kind of connection with God journey as well. Uh, I have, I have downloaded the Bible on audiobook because let me tell you, reading the Bible is like, actually just like reading it with your eyeballs is, is a bit of a slog, but on, on audiobook, I'm actually getting through it quite quickly. And let me tell you, it has been a journey (laughs) for me. like actually like because you know i i've known the bible i've i've gotten you know through the stories and things like that you know growing up as a catholic person you know you really think you know what's in there until you really sit down and just like go through it cover to cover and not just like oh we're going to talk about this section today or that section today but actually go through the entire story and let me tell you i do not know if i'm reading a different bible from everybody else but this shit is witchy as all hell like oh, yeah. i'm only partially into exodus and we've already talked about divination and astrology and all this stuff that allegedly the bible is very against a lot of people in the bible are very much doing all the things that christians say we shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. um, so it's it's a much different world when you actually immerse yourself in it and actually you know of course do the work and actually do the reading and and look at it so i am um, i'm i'm learning quite a bit and i'm also realizing too i mean of course it's the bible but god surprisingly isn't in a whole lot of this like you know he he appears every so often and and does the things but a lot of it is from human perspective um which i think is something that we need to really take into consideration when we are reading things like the bible because this is not god writing it talking about it from god's perspective right it's it's people writing about their experiences with gods and how they interpreted it and what it was like for them. So Mm -hmm. it's very kind of people centric. But one of the things that I do love is that, especially in Genesis, but even like a little bit later on, God refers to themselves in plural as like us and we. And I'm Ah. like, is no one else catching this? (laughs) Like, I'm like the, God just, God just said us and we, which means multiple. And, that's something that I think needs unpacking, but we'll see. I'm going to continue on my biblical journey and see and see what happens. And a lot of stuff too that people are like really freaked out about, like, you know, oh, this event, there is something that God did that's so terrible or whatever. As I'm reading, I'm like, you know, he had his reasons for a lot of this. It wasn't just because he felt like being a bastard. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of conversation around kind of like why doing the things that they do, um, which is interesting. So I don't know. We're gonna, we're all just gonna learn and grow this next year. Oh yeah, we are. So, do you want to introduce our topic for today, which I'm very excited about? Yeah, today's gonna be juicy and a little bit dark. Um, today we are talking about hexing. So we've gone through a series where we've talked talked about doing cleansing and protection and what to do if you are hexed or you get jinxed. But now we're gonna talk about 
the other side of the coin. We're going to talk about doing the hexing. Absolutely. And so we, of course, need to start with some tea. Oh, yeah. Have you written ever hexed anyone? Can you tell us a, a little bit about it? Oh, my goodness. I have hexed somebody. Oh, boy. So, of course, it was a romantic situation where your emotions are high and you're feeling angry as shit and you want revenge. So I'm not going to name any names, but I'll lay out the situation. I was dating somebody for a little while and our relationship was very intense. And then and like we fell in love. I fell in love and I felt like he kind of led me on. And then he had an ex with a child and she used the child to get him back. So she kind of manipulated him back through her child. And one day out of nowhere, he just split up with me. Now, this was when I was going through my Saturn return. And for the astrology nerds out there, my Saturn return is in Scorpio. So it was a fucking doozy. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really intense, intense, shadowy Saturn return. And I wanted revenge. I was deeply heartbroken. I was enraged that she essentially stole him from me. That's how it felt at the time. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back on it, really glad that we split up because it was not a very good, it wasn't a healthy relationship. It, there was a lot of things mm-hmm. going on that were wrong. Um, but I, I wanted revenge. And it was the first time that I ever felt compelled to uh, seek justice and seek revenge on my situation. So what I did was uh, I put I put them in a vinegar jar and I used astrology and Mars was in a really great malefic aspect to seek revenge. I don't remember exactly the positioning, but I remember that Mars was in a really good position in my chart to like send a lightning bolt. So I put them in a vinegar jar with, you know, rusty nails, razor blades, all the kind of stuff to split them up, cause havoc. I just wanted it to be bad for them. Mm-hmm. So that's the tea. <laughs> you done did fuck them up. I did. Yeah. Are they still alive? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I He, you know, in the breakup process, like would do things like reach out to me occasionally. Like he would say things to me like, I can still smell you on my bed. I know. Oh, that's not okay. That's not okay. (laughs) And I like packed up all the gifts he bought me and I wrote him this, this searing, hot, angry, like gut wrenching letter, mailed it all back to him, like got rid of everything. Um, But as far as I know, I don't know what happened to them or, you know, if their relationship is still intact, but, uh, yeah, it was a rough one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's always good to sort of like, especially with like curse work or whatever, is just like set it and then walk away. Like, don't like continue to like look at them or, 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 you know, try and connect with them or whatever, just set it and walk away. I think you did the right thing. Just kind of like, you want to do it and then, and then be done with it. I think that's important too. Cause too many times people get like, really like super attached to the person still through their hex work, even though Mm. they, they feel like they just like hate them or whatever. The hexing sort of becomes a way to still be acquainted with that person in some ways. So I I think you have the right idea. Yeah. All right, Jay, it's your turn. What have you done? Who have you had spill the tea? Oh God. Um, so I, it's very hard to get me to hex people unless they really, really deserve it. I know. And it's for, couple of reasons because i mean i i have really intense aries placements of course i'm an aries sun but also i have really heavy virgo placements which are like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa think about it think about it and then i have a pisces mars which is like i just I, i'm whenever people are are like really mean to me i'm i have a hard time being like oh you're an awful person because like intuitively i can see inside of them and so I'm I'm more likely just to like give you a hug and just whisper in your ear, just like, I know why you're a bitch. Um, <laughs> instead of like actually kind of cursing them or anything like that. So I very much am, am an educational 
hexer person. So like, if I'm going to hex you, I want you to, first of all, know it was me and know why, why it was done is sort of a thing because otherwise people are just like, Oh, I'm, you know, my life has gone to shit. Poor me. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to learn something from this. Mm -hmm. So we'll just say there, there was a person who was um, messing with my business. I, I was employed at that time and they were kind of running their mouth about like some interactions that they had had with me that they didn't like. And it wasn't anything big. It was just like, um, or, or, or at least it wasn't big enough that they should have been like talking about it so much. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially when it comes to things like work, where it's like, this is how I feed myself. This is how I shelter myself. And all of that is through, you know, going to work, getting a paycheck and things like that. So, so when people mess with that, I'm, I'm very not okay with it. Yes. So what I did was I got out some candles, got out, um, you know, got out, got out my stuff. We're not going to get too into it. Um, and I worked with a specific saint. I worked with St. Martha. And the next day, this person comes into my work to apologize to me <laughs> for the things that they had said. And I, I noticed that when I work with this particular saint in these situations, they either come to me to apologize or they come to me needing something from me that like they suddenly need my help Mm -hmm. or they need a favor. Um, And that puts me in a really great position to be like, great. So you're going to stop being a little bitch. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, So that's, that's, that's how I tend to to handle it. Cause I'm like, it brings me no joy to like watch someone else's life, like fall apart, but I do want them to learn something and, and kind of know why it's being done to them. And so that's, that kind of tends to be the the direction I go about it. But that that's happened on um, a couple occasions. The only time where I'll really just kind of throw a curse, because if I'm going to throw a curse, like someone's going to die. But um, I um, on the rare occasion that I get a notification from Instagram that someone's been trying to get into my account, Ooh. then I will throw a hex. And the last time I did that, the plate that the candle was on just like cracked in half. <laughs> Wow. And I was like, oh, I hope they're still alive. But oh, you don't you don't do that. You don't you don't fuck with that because that's the same thing. Kind of like fucking with my job or whatever. So. Right. Yeah. I have Mars and Taurus in the fourth house. So my like personal belongings, my home space, I am super mm-hmm. protective of. And that is one thing. Like if you're going to mess with my livelihood, I agree with you. If you're going to mess with my like business, my stuff. Mm-hmm you better watch out. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you make it an edu- educational experience for them. It's like your Mars and <laughs> Pisces to me feels like that compassionate night of cups. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're going to do this, but I want you to, and, and it's also like my intense Virgo placements too. That's kind of like school teacher esque. like I'm going to smack you with a ruler <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> you need to learn. You need to learn important um so this brings up a wonderful question so when we're talking about you know malefic magic like um hexes jinxing cursings and and all of that um there's kind of a gray area and people really disagree on this and so i I, i'm curious to see your thoughts are hex or um sorry not hexing of course um but are doing bindings and doing reversals are we including that in the same category as like hexes and kind of this, you know, quote unquote, dark magic um, or like evil malefic work? I think if it's on a scale of like, if we're putting it on like a scale of like light, dark and gray areas and Mm. things like that, I feel like bindings are kind of in the gray area because a lot of the time a binding comes out of like a a great need that somebody is really messing with your stuff and you need to get them to stop Mm -hmm. somehow. So that feels really Mm -hmm. like kind of justice oriented. Whereas like a hex to me feels more like, you know, that laying the hammer down and like kind of messing somebody's stuff up, Mm -hmm. you know, because like, I mean, let's just be real. People do hex just to fuck people shit up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like that happens. 
Um, but I think, a, I mean, a binding, I, I don't know. I think it could go two ways. Cause now that I've said that, I'm like, well, you could just bind a person because you want to bind them up or you want to prevent them from having success or something like that. Mm. That's true. I, I do think that it, it could definitely be used in a way that would be considered malefic. But I, I often think of, of bindings as me just simply asking someone to stop doing something, especially when it concerns me. And <laughs> The example that comes to mind, I'm not sure if I've ever told this story on this podcast before, but I used to work with a girl named Kirsten, shout out. Um, and, and she worked with um, with kind of like at-risk special needs youth. And she was telling me about this and she brought up something that she called um, passive restraints. And I'm like, what What even is that? Like, what what is a passive restraint? And I'm not a small guy. And she was not very big, but homegirl just like grabs me and like, I don't even know how she did it, but like real quick, she had my arms crossed like across my chest and she's holding my hands like from behind, but also like hugging me very lovingly. And she like takes me down to the ground <laughs> And it's like, so we're, we're at work and I'm behind like the front counter at this place that we were working in. So you just see her just like tackle me and take me under the, <laughs> the desk. But it was, I felt so very safe mm-hmm. and it was very like kind of relaxing and enjoyable. And I'm like, you know, I would pay you to follow me around and occasionally just like do this tackle you. So yeah, it, it was very, it was very non-aggressive. It was just kind of like, oh, you know what? We're just going to take a time out for a moment. And that's how I always kind of think of bindings. Like if someone's coming at me and I'm just going to be like, no, 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 we're just going to, no, we're just going to sit down for a minute. It's kind of like putting them in timeout mm-hmm. a bit. So, so you know. yeah, maybe could there be such thing as a benevolent binding? I I would like to think so. Right. I, I would, I would always rather kind of like try to bind somebody before I hexed them because I, I would think, of the binding to be less invasive. Of course we have things like love bindings and things that are really scary that we get into. Um, but just kind of like, a, you know, putting somebody in your freezer, it's not going to hurt them. It's just going to put them in timeout and then hopefully they'll leave you alone. Like, you know. Right. Yeah. What about reversals? I never count reversals as malefic magic. Same. Because it's like it, somebody's throwing some shit at you. So you're just going to like reverse it and throw it right back. That's just yeah. like you just turn in the tables. There's not, I don't think there's any, yeah. anything uh, malefic mm-hmm. about that. It's like someone gives you just like a nasty, I don't know, like a napkin full of dog shit. And you're like, no, thank you. You can have it back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you don't have to like hold it or, or go find a place to put it or deal with it at all. It's just kind of like, no, thank you. Like, that's I'm just not accepting this gift. Mm-hmm. So I, I never think that that's malefic. Right. I agree. So now, of course, whenever the idea of malefic magic comes up, we we cannot go any further because someone's already me- sending us a message right now going, what about the rule of three? <laughs> Whatever you send out comes back to you times three. Do do you follow the rule of three, Brittany? I do not. I'm a witch. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. That's like the best response ever. <laughs> oh, I don't man. really believe yeah. in the rule of three. I mean, I do believe that, like, if you put out a certain energy, it's like, you know, the folks that you you hear saying, I hate drama. I just can't. I don't do the drama. And it's like, oh, well, we all know you love the drama. <laughs> right. right so you are in the middle of it i think like if you're putting out a certain energy consistently you're going to receive that back you're inviting something into your life but when it comes mm-hmm. to hex work i do not if you follow up with proper procedures of aftercare which we're going to talk about here in a little bit i think you're you're mm-hmm. fine especially if it's a work of justice which is where when it comes to hexing for me, you know, it's like hex the patriarchy. It's usually justice oriented for, mm-hmm. for me. So I don't feel that somehow or another that it's going to come back on to me threefold. Absolutely. And I, 
Of course, this is no offense to our Wiccan listeners, because I do actually have kind of a a deep kind of tender soft spot for Wicca. Mm -hmm. And I love that they try to teach ethics through things like, you know, the rule of three and all of that and kind of, you know, teach people to handle witchcraft in a benevolent manner. I think that that's really important to kind of have that as part of a magical education. But I think anyone who's really kind of worked in this world realizes that that's not how this works. And in fact, it's it's a it's a huge oversimplification of universal laws, even if something like that was in place. Um, but, but you bring up something interesting about um, a work of justice, or um, sometimes you'll hear work that is justified or justified work or unjustified work. And that's how I tend to sort of separate it myself, is it's not necessarily, oh, I can't do anything because it's going to come back to me. It's more of how it's more of a risk assessment. So if I'm doing a justified work where they have done something and I am in the clear and an innocent person, then I feel that that work is necessary and they actually have it coming to them versus me just deciding that I don't like Susie on the street and I'm going to send something nasty to her, which would be unjustified work. Mm -hmm. But if someone's really messed with me or harmed me and I am an innocent party in that, then I do feel like that work is justified. And I do feel the effects are different when the work is justified versus when it's not justified. So people have all kinds of things on them like um, ancestors, guardian spirits, um, protection spells, all kinds of stuff. And if the work is unjustified, that's when I find I run into danger of, you know, they have spirits that are going to come after you or, or, or whatever, or it's going to, you know, deflect back on you and somehow, but when the work is justified, then I get the sense a lot of the times that sometimes their ancestors and guardian spirits are like, they need to learn a lesson. So we're going to let it happen. (laughs) And then they kind of just sort of are like, yeah, well, you shouldn't have been a shit. So here's something that you have to deal with consequences. So I think kind of working in the justified versus unjustified is a little more Mm well-rounded. And it kind of brings up a thing that we talk about frequently here on the show is discernment. Uh, So being able to discern when a work is justified and when it is unjustified. And I think that brings us to our next topic. Uh, What are our personal rules around hexing? Do you have rules? I do have rules. Um, The first one is that I have to actually be innocent in the situation. Because if it's something that I started or something that I definitely played into or things like that, then it's like, okay, well, <laughs> we we are all responsible here for this situation. Um, as opposed to someone who just decides to come after me because they just decided one day they don't like me, blah, 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 which does happen. Um, so that's kind of my first rule. And then the second rule is I always want them to learn something and I want the punishment to fit the crime. That's really important. I see too many times these days online people being like, um, well, my boyfriend broke up with me for very understandable reasons. So I'm going to make sure that he never has an erection again. Or um, Susie said that I wasn't her absolute favorite person. So I'm going to make sure that her and her family die. Like, I'm like, whoa, y'all. Whoa. <laughs> like, Pump the brakes. Calm it down like you know like can't Susie just get the shits for an afternoon like we we need to dial it back and kind of really make sure that whatever I'm dealing out you know actually fits what they've done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree completely one of my things is making sure you're not in a fit of rage Ooh, yes and making sure that you're not dealing with uncontrollable anger anger can help fuel a hexing Like it can be a part of it, but you don't want to be hot headed. You don't want to be out of control with your anger. It's always good Mm -hmm. to take a breather and maybe Mm -hmm. even give it a couple of days or a week to simmer down. You Mm -hmm. don't need to do it immediately unless you are like somebody is literally endangering you. And it's like a work of justice, I think. Mm -hmm. But if, yeah, you're just going to throw a hex, think about it. Think about it for a minute before you do it. That's like, I don't do 
you know, for me, it's very justice oriented. If I'm going to hex somebody, mm-hmm. I don't just willy nilly start throwing shit out there like that. Um, so that's really one of my only rules is like to check yourself before you wreck mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> I think that's really super important because that's when we make mistakes is when we are in the heat of the moment. And people really think that that's the best time to do it because there's so much power and there's so much rage and stuff, but also it's much messier. It's a lot more chaotic and you have less aim. So like uh, a friend of mine, Ruth, she explains it in a great way. I'm going to use a couple of her analogies, but she's like, she's like, that's the difference between me grabbing a gun, going into your place of work, screaming and shooting the place up would be like me cursing you in the heat of the moment versus me deciding that you have done something to me that needs to be punished. So I'm going to go home, get all of my tools in order. I'm going to make a plan A. I'm going to make a plan B. I'm going to have, you know, all of my stuff ready and then actually go about it. Because for me, if I'm going to hex somebody, I'm not just going to send a blast at them. It's going to be surgical in nature. Like I want to be very precise about how I'm doing it, which means that there's less mistakes and your results are often much, much better and less chaotic. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend a cool down period before going after it. I love that. That's some good Virgo placement advice. Yes. Yeah. You know, so the story I told at the beginning, um, that was a hex where I was in a fit of rage. Um, I had kind of simmered down a little bit and channeled it there was a lot of power behind it, but, uh, you know, I don't regret doing it, but I know that I could have done it in a better way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And there was a lot more around this situation than what I described, um, that I felt justified in it. But I think that that, that simmering down, making sure you're, you're not acting from like a place of rash anger and rage, like you were saying, that's really key part of this work. Um, you know, it makes me think of somebody like an archer, you know, like somebody who's pulling back the bow and getting ready to launch the arrow. There's like this moment of calm pause before you release that you can Mm -hmm. hit your target. You don't want to just like willy nilly pull it back and let it go. You really carefully pull back and aim, breathe, release. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of power behind that. Yes, that kind of level headedness, because too, especially like sometimes, you know, we'll have a fit of rage and then realize the next day, like, oh, I overreacted or oh, blah, blah, blah. But it it gives you that time period to make sure like, yep, this is something that they need to be punished for. And then it allows you time to really make sure that you do it correctly. And I think that's that's important. And, you know, any more these days, now that I'm like an older witch uh, in my witch journey, any more these days, I bless my enemies. I send them blessings. <laughs> That's how it goes. I'm just like, uh, I'm like, yeah, you go do that. <laughs> God bless you. It's okay. <laughs> you, you've seen that thing where it's like passive aggressive witchcraft. You don't curse them. You just bless everyone around them. <laughs> right. So they get better while you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So opening the roads for all your friends, not you. Mm-hmm. All of- None for Gretchen Wieners. Right. Alrighty. So would you say that throwing hexes are difficult to do? Not necessarily. Um, it, it does require um, quite a bit of focus. And you have to also understand what precisely it is that you are sending them. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, sending you negativity. And it's like, okay, well, but what the fuck is that? Like, what? What does that look like? How does that manifest? What exactly are you sending to them? It's kind of like when you're talking about ward discussions, you know, like, um, like if I'm going to hang a protection ward, you know, what is it protecting you from? Just like, just protect me is very ambiguous. Same thing with, you know, I, I hex you. Okay, great. What are you hexing them with? Right. So it does require a bit of thought. Um, it does require, and it does require a, a good deal of energy yes, or a spirit helper, that is willing to kind of carry that ball for you, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I personally find hexing to be, to be challenging. And it's like mm-hmm. I said, it's not something that I do frequently at all. I've only done it one once, but I definitely think kind of going back to what we were saying earlier with discernment and controlling our rage. And like you were saying, 
knowing how to direct the energy, knowing like it needs to be precise and surgical. Um, mm-hmm. And if, you know, one thing that we, and we talked about in our being hexed episode, like what to do if you are hexed. And if you have mm-hmm. been hexed, that's a really great learning opportunity to know how it affected you. So that if you ever mm-hmm. do need to hex someone, you kind of know where to hit and like how to punch. So that can be Absolutely. like, you can kind of like transmute that experience to, to benefit you or help you or be educational. Uh, Cause I've had that mm-hmm. happen where somebody's thrown something at me and I have a lot, I've gained a lot of wisdom from it. <laughs> it is. Sometimes there is a learning experience and having the absolute pants hexed off you for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think kind of the taking that time to prepare and really kind of, um, you know, to get ready for it also allows you to do some look into your target as well. Like it's important to do like divinations before you throw a hex too, because let me tell you, I see so many like hex recipes on social media, on TikTok, all this stuff. Like there was one the other day I saw with like lemons and I'm like, all that's going to do is just freshen their entire life. Uh, (laughs) So people out here think that they know how to hex, but they really don't and so they're have a jar full of like glitter and bullshit and then let me let me tell you showing up to a witch war with a tiktok jar spell is like showing up to a gunfight with a styrofoam sword like it is it just i'm i'm afraid for these children out here in these streets with this jar full of bullshit um that they're coming after people with because in this day and age you never know who is a witch and you never know what they may have going on. So just throwing hexes willy-nilly can be a very dangerous game mm-hmm. because you are going to stumble across somebody that you really wish that you didn't hex at some point if you're just throwing them out like crazy. So that's something too that like definitely needs to be taken into consideration before we go through and put all the effort into sending something to them that is just going to end up starting something we're not prepared to finish. Mm -hmm. I think you hit on something really key there is doing divination. It's always good to do a bit of divination before you do an act uh, like a spell or an act of magic. Um, I find it really helpful to like know how to direct my energy or what I might come across or encounter. And it can be really good to do that before you hack someone because, you know, you might actually get a spread that's like, ah, nah, maybe you shouldn't do this. You know, or maybe Mm -hmm. you should pump the brakes or maybe their ancestors are going to like turn around and kick you in the butt. And um, I think that also goes back to something you mentioned earlier as well is, uh, you know, folks, everybody has helping spirits and everybody's got Mm -hmm. ancestors. So it's really wise to consider who you're throwing at and who their protectors might be, because you might be dealing with somebody who's got an ally with teeth and claws. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether that's in spirit or in person, like in a lot of cultures and stuff like that, you know, Sally may seem like nobody, but she has an aunt that's a strega who's going to just like absolutely destroy you. So like being aware that these are possibilities. So I don't often throw a hex unless I'm prepared to finish it. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a that's that's a good little bit of advice there. If you're going to throw a hex, be prepared to finish it and follow through. So that goes back to discernment. If you're going to throw something, definitely realize there may be after effects like tremors and whatnot Mm -hmm. that you may need to deal with. Yep, absolutely. So the hex itself, when casting a hex, according to social media, does it have to go in a jar? Probably not. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, that's something that we're seeing so much these days is, is that it, it all needs to go into a jar. And while jar spells can be very effective, um, I, I do think that they're they are useful. I think the internet has decided that that's the only way to hex people. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of things, it's it's not super necessary. So if if you're looking at you know doing a hex or whatever um a jar is a great way to go about it but also realizing that there are are many different ways of of going about it that's just one of them and so i want to throw that out there just because i think the internet sort of forgets about that occasionally right yeah my first hex i ever did did go into a jar 
You know, I really, oh, totally. I love what you talk about when you're doing like love spells and things like that, like, or money spells. It's like, you want it to breathe, mm-hmm. but maybe right. you want to kind of create a suffocating situation for a person, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, they're like, um, it makes me think of mirror boxes when you put somebody mm-hmm. in a mirror box and they have at all angles, all they see is their own shit. And yeah. we can create a condition where it's like everywhere they turn, they're faced with their own bullshit. Which is surprisingly effective. People don't like that. No, they do not. It can be a great wow. lesson. Yes. I, I love the good lesson hexing. Someone once told me, and I very much agree, that the best <laughs> hex is may you understand what you have done. Mm-hmm. And that's like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, no. I'm <laughs> like, may you fully understand what it is that you've done or what it is that you've caused. And, and that is one that I find to be quite effective when people realize that they are not okay with mm-hmm. it. So what is like, I mean, obviously you don't have to go into high detail, but what's kind of like your layout? Like, do you prefer candles? Are you, are you a jar person mm-hmm. when it comes to hexing? Like what's your. It depends. I do. It kind of depends on what it is that I'm wanting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I'm going to be doing long-term work, um, I think a jar is a good idea, but if I'm, if I'm just w- I have like one specific thing in mind that I want to like bring to them. Um, I'll go about it either with candles or I am very much into sympathetic magic. So things like um, things like poppets mm-hmm. um, come into use a lot and um, figure candles mm-hmm. come into use a lot. So so there, there's a few different ways I'll go about it. But those are kind of the main three. Well, yeah, that reminded me. Um, shout out to Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders, Wonders rather. Yeah. Um, if you want really incredible magical supplies, I highly recommend Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders. She has these little beeswax um, slabs where you can create your own poppet from wax. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you can do that, but I love that she has them like, co- like in colors. So you got like green, blue, red, et cetera, black. And uh, you can make your own little poppet with her little wax things. Um, those are fun. I, I don't know. I actually just wanted to get the wax just to play with it. <laughs> <laughs> just to play around with it. I know she has such neat stuff and she is a wonderful human being. I actually got to meet her at PantheaCon and she is like as magical in person as you would think. For those of you who don't know uh, Madame Pamita, she has bright purple hair and mm. she's like six feet tall and gorgeous she's a lead singer in a rock and roll band uh, a lady rock and roll band called the neptunas really i didn't know um, that yeah <laughs> she's just like super awesome so i do highly re- recommend her stuff um her oils are amazing and she makes beeswax can beeswax candles mm-hmm. that are just in every shape and size she has like um she has like uh, candles that are like lips for like shut up work or like communication work. Yep. She has ones that are like Egyptian pharaohs. Like she, if there's a shape, she probably has it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. There's just so many of them and she does such a good job. Right. Yes. This podcast episode has now become an advertisement for Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> Into it. Yeah. Check her out. Uh, we got her in the show notes. Yes. All right. So. Let's say we have thrown our hex. We have conjured the devil. We've made a deal. We've sent the herpes their way. I don't know. We've sent them something. I don't know what people are cursing people with these days, but we're sending it to them. Now, what do we do? Is there is there aftercare, maybe? Yes, there's always aftercare. It really is making me think of BDSM. Sorry, y'all. Oh. <laughs> that's where my brain went after aftercare <laughs> after true. you got your butt whooped a little salve yeah. on the tissue a little bum a little balm i was gonna say a little bum <laughs> <laughs> a little bum for your bum right um yeah cleaning up the first thing that comes to mind is hyssop so hyssop cleanses us of the sins we have committed Um, But definitely after you throw something, you want to clean yourself up. That's part of the aftercare. That's part of like decreasing any uh, flashback, deflection, or reversal Mm -hmm. coming your way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But hyssop comes to mind. Absolutely. Hyssop is a main staple in kind of doing your after hex cleansing. Um, and, and the reason why this is so important, and again, I'm going to use one of my friend Ruth. Um, she has kind of an analogy that I love. She likens 
Throwing a hex, like going out into your backyard and rolling around in a mud puddle. And she's like, you do it once, you know, you're going to roll around in it. You're going to get, it's going to get all over you. Like you're going to get a little bit like up your nose and in your ears and like some of it like in your mouth. And like, it's just like, eh, but like, whatever, like you do it once you go home, you shower, you're fine. But then you do it again. And again, and again, and again, slowly you're going to build up kind of a stomach full of this mud and it's going to get inside you. It's going to start making you sick. And it's it's very similar. So when we throw a hex, we are handling all of this nasty energy and it gets all over us. And so if we don't then go and do kind of a cleansing situation afterwards, then we just kind of sit with it and absorb it and kind of take it into ourselves. So doing things like um like Britain was talking about you know a hyssop bath is really kind of traditional and standard mm-hmm. also it kind of depending on what it is that you've thrown at them maybe it's not that intense but we're still going to want to do a little something so we can use um like florida water too mm-hmm. um either you know added to a bath or you can do a bath with both hyssop and florida water which would be really strong um i would highly recommend that or at least just like like washing down your hands with the florida water after you're done especially if it was something that wasn't too intense, you know, you could kind of go that route. Um, but yeah, definitely cleanse yourself and cleanse your space yes. too after the hexing. Yeah, because as you were describing taking like rolling in the mud and stuff, it made me think of like your shoes. You're going to track some mud into your house too. So you yep. definitely want to be cleaning your space up. So like uh, I love, I make my own Florida water and I put a spray mm. cap on it and I spritz my space, uh, and whatnot. So just like spritz it and wipe it down, really freshens things up and keeps it nice and clear. Um, but yeah, taking a bath, I really love the combination of hyssop and extra virgin olive oil. That is a beautiful, soothing. Uh, I think that's even like a biblical recipe. Correct me if I'm wrong, maybe, um, but all of I'll find out as I <laughs> keep going with the Bible. Yeah, your journey. So far, we've covered mandrake, but not olive oil yet. Yeah, um, hyssop and olive oil. So if you just if you just want to get a bottle of olive oil and put some hyssop in there, you don't need any essential oils. You can just do a whole plant infusion. Leave the hyssop in there as mm-hmm. well. Um, a great place to get beautiful hyssop is Oshala Farm in uh, Applegate. Little Applegate, I think, is the area in Oregon. Great little farm. They have beautiful herbs because the last time I got some hyssop uh, on the internet because I don't grow it, doesn't grow wild here or anything like that. It was just Mm -hmm. like brown twigs. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But their hyssop from Oshala Farms, it's in the show notes, is beautiful, bright green with little purple flowers. It's so lovely and smells incredible. So infusing hyssop into some olive oil. Um, and just like anointing your head and like even even rubbing it through your hair or after you've mm-hmm. taken a bath, a cleansing bath, rub it all over your body. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what's interesting, too, is kind of I'm always kind of fascinated by like temperature energetics of things. So um, like things like curses and hexes are considered very hot, mm-hmm. um, very hot work. You know, the spirits associated with those are very hot spirits. Um and so when we go to kind of undo this work or, or cleanse ourselves of, you know, what we've done, then the, the, the direction we go is, is very cooling. So I find hyssop and its energy to be very cooling. You're talking about like it has like these little blue purple flowers in it. And like, it's like this lovely dark green. I find it's, it's presence to be very cooling, kind of like rosemary or um, agrimony or any of these. It's, it's very cooling. Same thing with Florida water, Florida water. I find cooling not only energetically but also physically as well people will use it to kind of like keep themselves cool Mm -hmm. in the summertime um so yeah i do love that comparison with them are there any other hexing aftercare things maybe laying some protection down yeah like preparing for what is next yeah for anything that might uh come back your way uh especially if reversals are involved uh on the from the other party you can set wards uh, specifically, you know, you, like Jay was speaking to earlier, making sure things are specific. You want to make sure mm-hmm. like this is protecting me from so-and-so. This is protecting me from this situation. Mm-hmm. And I love that these are all practical tips. Let me tell you, there's something that 
I haven't seen it in a while, but occasionally it makes the rounds. It's like this little infographic about like what to do after you've hexed somebody. And it's like, put on your favorite movie and make yourself a cup of tea and like maybe take a bubble bath. And I'm like, so you've gone out and you've destroyed someone's life and therefore you really need like a comforting time. Like, no, like if I am just throwing a hex at somebody, I'm not going, Oh, poor me. I need to be coddled. Like, you know, if you have been hexed, then sure. Okay. But if you're throwing a hex, I don't think you need a spa day afterwards to, to be okay again. And and if you do, then you shouldn't be hexing to begin with. Yeah. (laughs) Take practical steps. Yeah. You got to do the work. Yes. Right. All right, so we do know that we love us some plants. And so we want to leave you guys with some plant allies for the hexing. Do you want to kick us off here, Britton? One thing real quick before we get into the plants. Yeah, where do we put hex spells? Like, where do we put hexing spells? (gasps) Because I wanted to talk about that real quick. I, if I'm putting somebody in a jar or putting like a situation in a jar, I always Mm -hmm. put it by the toilet. I think that's a great way to go. Cause like, I've been told too that like, you know, like if you hide them behind the toilet, like number one, that's a great hiding spot. But I've been told that then every time you flush, they feel it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that. Maybe like by the toilet or the trash can, you don't want to, you don't want to, I wouldn't personally put it on like my main altar. I want benevolent Mm -hmm. energy there. Uh, I don't want to have like my curse work happening in that. I'm putting it. Under the kitchen sink behind my trash can. Or behind the compost. That's where I, yep. Mm -hmm. That's where I stick it. It's just like back, that moldy, nasty little corner there. Yep, that is where you go and that's where you live now. (laughs) I love it. All righty. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome to your own shit pile. (laughs) We're cursing a lot in this episode today. We are hexing and cursing. Hey. Sorry, not sorry, y'all. All righty. So, (laughs) plants. Plants, yes. Plants, plants, plants. Plants for hexing. Asafetadia. Ooh, the yes. devil's dung. So you can use it for revenge. It both harms and protects. So you can like send some stuff to somebody. But with Asafetadia, since it's devil's dung and stinks to high heaven, um, it is mm-hmm. recommended that you definitely want to clean up after that. Because if you are like around the person and it, let's say they do magic too, They could smell it on you and be like, they'd be like, what's up? I used to think that people who wore gloves while handling like cursing stuff were just little bitches. No, turns out there's actually a reason for that. So now as a more experienced worker, I'm like, oh, yes, I am. I am using, especially after like making my own hex oil and knowing what is in it. I'm like, no, I'm going to I'm going to handle this one with a, with some gloves on. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be the better idea. And especially too, like you're talking about them smelling it on you. Right. Yeah. And you make a good point there. I actually keep my uh, malefic type oils away from my beneficial oils. I keep them separated because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes a bottle gets knocked over or you got them all in a bag or something like that. And one of them leaks. And once upon a time, I had a separation oil leak out. I know all over. And I was like, gosh, dang it. And I had to throw everything away because it was just covered in separate. It was like... Well, here I am. I'm separating with all of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The magic, it works. It works. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, Yeah. So uh, another one is black pepper. I feel like black pepper is salt, is like the salt of of hex work. Absolutely. Well, and also, then we also have salt, which is also the salt of hex mm-hmm. work, too, because in in different cultures, um, like, especially in, in, in my culture, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> so sometimes the English doesn't get translated super well, or the Spanish doesn't get translated super well. So I found um, candles in the Botanica that are um, against saltiness. Um, and I think it's hilarious, because it's it, that they, they call it um, being being salted in in spanish because people will use salt to curse people mm-hmm. so they they take a lot of precautions to prevent salting um and because people don't realize that that you know salt will do pretty much anything you ask it to it's very versatile in that manner so it can be used for you know of course purification which is what we normally use it for but also for hexing and things like that and the black pepper too is good especially if you want them to also go away yes 
black pepper is an ingredient in hot foot. And mm-hmm. hot footing is where you sprinkle a powder to get somebody to leave a space or to go away. Yep. Very handy. Mm. Yeah. I love good hot peppers in a hex, but you, but you do want to be careful with them because um, hot peppers can be very punishing, but also they can be very inflaming. So sometimes you accidentally kind of trigger beast mode in the other person where they just kind of go like absolutely psycho. Um, and depending on your situation, especially if you have to be near that person or around that person, um, that can be, that can be very um, sometimes dangerous. Mm. I know people who want to hex like um, their abusers, like their abusive husband that they still live with. And so doing something like an inflammatory um, hex on them might actually make it a lot worse too. So these are things we always need to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be a situation where you want to pop them in the freezer. Yeah. Um, another one. Uh, so I did a little bit of research before this episode on plants to use in hexing. And one that I found very curious is blueberry leaves. I love this. Yeah. So it can bring sorrow to an enemy. Mm -hmm. I find that really fascinating. So if you really want to like, you know, we were talking about precision earlier in, in our hex work. If you want to be precise in, you know, what it is you're wanting to do, to deliver to the person, blueberry leaves can be one where you're bringing sorrow upon them or sor- sorrowful feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love some sulfur too. Sulfur is one that you have to be very, ca- be very careful when you work with it. Cause it can like irritate your skin and it's often in powder form. Mm-hmm. So it can be, um, you know, if, if you're work, if you're really kind of stirring it up, you're going to want to wear some sort of a mask or whatever, so that you're not just inhaling great big gobs of it. Um, and if you're burning it, you really want to do so outdoors or at least like in a really well ventilated area, because mm-hmm. um, sulfur can be quite toxic. It can also be very irritating to kind of the skin and other things. But it's it's a great one for kind of bringing about the doom upon people. Mm-hmm. Another one that I really like uh, is black mustard seed yes. and poppy seeds that combination mm-hmm. will confuse cause confusion in your enemy um so mm. if somebody's trying to hex me or is messing with my business and things like that and my stuff i will create a blend and and like you know sprinkle it where need be to cause confusion mm-hmm. uh and and kind of also if you add bay leaf it can help with like invisibility and confusion. Mm. Yes, especially with the poppy. The poppy is really good for the invisibility portion too. So if you want to go kind of unnoticed, um, that's an excellent direction to go. Yeah, and then we were speaking to salts earlier as well. And Epsom salt can help disarm an enemy. So if they're already armed and ready, um, Epsom salts can can be helpful. The other thing too, uh, oh, what is it? Al- alum. Am mm-hmm. I saying that right? Yeah, alum. Yeah, it like it's very. Uh, it makes your lips pucker. Like, yep, shuts you up. It binds the mouth. Yes, <laughs> yes, because it's super sour. Right, and that makes me think. Uh, I don't know if you've ever t- like you can use Epsom salts as like a laxative. I don't know if you've ever tasted Epsom salt. Also, has a really bad flavor in the mouth. It's mm. ooh. Yeah, what other herbs and plants do you utilize? Um, I love a good double shoestring. Um, I tend to go for things that are, um, very pointy in nature too. Um, I like things like blackberry because not only is blackberry like really nasty stuff, but also it grabs a hold and it doesn't let go and it grows and grows and grows and pops up everywhere. Um, and it's very hard to get rid of. So I, I do like working with Blackberry for that, but I, I do recommend taking some time to get to know the spirit before you work with it, because it is, it is a lot to, to handle. So um, just be very aware of what it is that you're using. And remember too, that just because any of these are technically usable for cursing doesn't mean that they necessarily work nicely together. You have to get to know your, your plant spirit. So just because like this is for hexing and this is for hexing doesn't mean that they will like to be in the same spell together or want to inhabit the same jar or work together. So really get to know your plant spirits before you start doing this work, because 
I find that when people have like, you know, quote unquote backfires or whatever, it's not a karmic thing. It's a, it's a misstep in casting situation. So definitely take those precautions in. Great. Yeah. Alrighty, y'all, we're going to wrap it up. It's been about an hour talking about hex work. And I think I'm going to spritz myself with a little bit of Florida water. We're going (laughs) to cleanse the hell out of ourselves. Yep, spritz, spritz. Alrighty, y'all, remember. Do witchcraft. Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.